Hi folks, and welcome to Scope Podcast. I'm your host, Sam Yoder. So in today's episode, I want to talk about the Super Bowl halftime show, the State of the Union address, and a few other things that have been on my mind recently. So this year's Super Bowl halftime show has been talked about more on social media, especially in regards to the response from the evangelical Christian community than I think any other Super Bowl halftime show that I remember. The response from the conservative Christianity has been overwhelming. Like my Facebook feed is just full of blog posts, people resharing things, writing their opinions, making videos. And a lot of these articles are written from the perspective of Christian women. And there's honestly, there's a lot of things in these articles that I can agree with and appreciate. But I do have a bit of a different take on it. And there's some things that I'm actually really concerned about in regards to the response from the conservative Christian community. My major beef has to do with the concept that sometimes we as a church expect the culture around us to align with biblical principles. For a bit of context, so I was raised uh, conservative Beachy Amish and there was I just remember growing up, there was a strong emphasis on being separate from the world. So while I disagree with some aspects of how that played out and a lot of the theology around that, I do have an appreciation for the responsibility that we took to keep ourselves separate from the world. Like we didn't expect the world to separate itself from evil because that's just not the nature of ungodliness. So in our community, we were responsible to take the initiative. And I remember my dad, you know, so I remember my dad, he decided against having a TV or a radio in our home because he didn't expect or trust that the world would provide appropriate or character building content for his kids so he made the decision not to bring that into our home and he didn't hold the world to some level of accountability to promote biblical concepts or teachings that were in line with Christianity I have a lot of respect for people who can take this initiative even if I disagree with uh, with with their viewpoint on it so I think sometimes people leave a conservative Christian culture because they do not want to live within those restraints but out of guilt, they then try to demand that the influences and, and new environments that they've surrounded themselves with adapt to a high standard of moral code so they can prove that really they're the same person they've always been and they haven't changed their beliefs whatsoever and they're still on the straight and narrow path. And it's sort of a it's sort of like a feel-good thing. So my beliefs around separation are a good bit different, and I'll get to that in just a little bit. So I've seen a, a lot of people respond like in shock or horror. They're like, the Super Bowl halftime was so sensual, was sexually driven. And there's also been a lot of people like, you know, spouting conspiracy theories, saying this was encouraging or promoting human sex trafficking. Uh, it was demonic and mocking, mocking or depicting Christ on the cross in a really unholy fashion. And I think in general, like, like just in general, the church has a pattern of finding a devil behind every bush. So I'm not suggesting that we ignore or deny evil uh, or demonic activity, but I think sometimes we are really quick to just kind of overreact and find things that aren't really there. Uh, for, for one example, uh, there, there was this time I was bored and I decided to look up as many major Christian leaders as I could think of, both very liberal and very conservative. And for almost every one of them, there was someone who had put out a blog post or YouTube video with a supposed proof that this person was demonic or or maybe he made a gesture that proved they were promoting the Illuminati. Personally, I don't think that when J-Lo was at the top of the pole and she stretched her arms out that she was mocking Christ on the cross. I'm going to suggest that putting your arms out for balance and sort of, you know, just sort of a majestic pose is a pretty natural move in that position. So I think if uh, from a biblical perspective, someone wants to say that the halftime show was not appropriate or God-honoring, that that is a fair statement. However, I don't think spreading wild, unfounded conspiracy theories and dissecting the entire performance is necessary or beneficial. My perspective on separation, uh, and thinking about it a, a lot recently in regards to this, is, is a bit different. And I left the Mennonites, and I have a lot of friends and family who also left the Mennonites, and I personally, I believe that Jesus taught a way of separation by loving in a way that was revolutionary and extraordinary. He treated people and the way he approached relationships with such, was with, with such an authentic love, and it really can't be duplicated, and I believe it's a defining mark of Christianity. Um, outside of Christ being in you and being changed from the inside out, you know, having to transform mind, all that stuff, 
Um, you, you really cannot respond to people around you or approach relationships with a transforming and powerful love of Christ. And I, I believe it's in Matthew 22 where Jesus teaches that all the law can you know, be summed up in loving God above every, everything else. And then out of that love, treating people around you with the respect, you know, validation and, and love that you would want to be treated with. I was raised, um, you know, with the concept of separation that dictated that whatever someone did who we deemed ungodly, then we would just do the opposite. It was like so important to us to outwardly stand out in stark contrast, even in things that were completely amoral. So I'm certainly not denying that there is an importance or there is a certain lifestyle separation. Uh, I believe as Christ's spirit fills you know us and we become more like him, our lives will begin to align with, with beautiful you know truth and principles found in scripture. Again, though, uh, let me just reiterate, I do not expect the world to understand this or be a representation of righteousness. I will not hold the world responsible for, you know, for not promoting righteousness. I think a lot of this comes from the American Christian perspective that we're a Christian nation. And so I totally recognize that our country was founded on and flourished under some principles that are found in scripture, but an earthly kingdom is still an earthly kingdom. It's not the kingdom of God. So I find it, you know, really concerning that we would have this huge push uh, from the from the Christian world and, and all this anger at the world for not conforming to Christian principles So that you know just getting back to the halftime show now There's two other things I want to address really quickly and then I'll move on some people refer to the Super Bowl halftime show as like a soft porn show And there's actually a Christian activist named Dave Dominier who is suing the NFL Fox television and Pepsi for literally trillions of dollars because he feels they jeopardize his soul so he, he feels they brought a show into his home that caused him to lust. And honestly, this is so abhorrent to me because he is completely disregarding personal responsibility. He is suing for trillions of dollars and has stated that he would be satisfied if he was granted the, the amount that he's suing for. So I'm really trying to figure out where, where Dave is going with this because uh, is he suggesting that there, there, there's, a, you know, there's a price he would take for his soul? Like, is he naming the price? Because I would suggest that if there's a number in your head that you'd be willing to sell your soul for, you've kind of already sold it in your mind. And that's a pretty dangerous place to be in. So personally, I think the Super Bowl was an was a really impressive performance with with many dancers. Like they were all moving in perfect sync together. And as I think about it, it had to be to be the result of just enormous amounts of skill and practice. And I did not see it as a porno. I mean, if, if someone made the decision to, to fixate on one particular dancer and sexualize their movements to envision having sex with them, I think that's a you problem. Because first of all, you get to choose what you watch, and secondly, you are constantly surrounded by evil in the world. I'm constantly surrounded by evil in the world. So I think it's important like that I realize that the presence of immorality or depravity does not justify uh, or excuse my response to that thing. Just because something sensual is placed before my eyes doesn't mean I'm forced to sexualize it personally. The second point, like the second point, and this is really, really important to me, uh, it really reinforces this argument. The most concerning thing to me with, with this whole argument uh, in, in, in this aspect is, is blaming a person or circumstance for making you sin or respond in unhealthy ways is a, a very dangerous thought pattern that I believe fuels rape culture. So I grew up hearing men in the church uh, excuse uh, rapists by blaming women for being immodest or, or suggesting that they brought it upon themselves. This kind of thinking and teaching is destructive, evil, dangerous, and just it's just flat out wrong. So we must take personal responsibility for our actions and lives. As Christians, we're called to also take responsibility for our thoughts. And I, I was thinking about this scripture today where Christ says to bring every thought into captivity unto him. So this is why it was just really concerning to hear Christian influencers suggest that the responsibility for viewers' actions or thoughts is to be blamed on other people's actions, even if they were inappropriate. 
Now, just a quick disclaimer before I move on. I do think there is a case to be made for censoring certain things on public television to protect kids. But to make the case from a Christian standpoint, I think is counterproductive and putting responsibility on the world rather than taking personal responsibility as individuals or, you know, or as a church. So moving on. The State of the Union, uh, the State of the Union address. I think Donald Trump's speech was incredible. I think the State of our Union is, is extraordinarily strong. I don't know if all the numbers that Donald Trump said were accurate, but in my local community, as I think about the working class, the people I mingle with, I mean, they're starting businesses, they're investing. Uh, there's literally jobs all around me. If you need a job, come to Culpeper, Virginia. There's there's so many jobs available right now. Good pay, good benefits. It's incredible. It's an amazing time to be alive. So yeah, the State of the Union address. I mean, it was intense. It was interesting. Uh, there were so many expressions and body language from both sides uh, and actually some really atrocious dis- displays of, of disrespect. And I shouldn't have been shocked, but I was. I was still shocked. I was so shocked that some American leaders on the left would refuse to clap for, for war heroes or especially that Nancy Pelosi wouldn't clap for a young African-American girl who got to go to the, to the school of her dreams because of some policies put in place under this administration. I mean, it's just appalling levels of disrespect and ingratitude. And then with Nancy Pelosi tearing up the speech, that was not, that was not only illegal, but such a show of disrespect and pettiness. I mean, there was people in the audience like uh, the president of Venezuela. Uh, the, the world watches the State of the Union address, and and it was, it was shameful. To be honest, I've always been pr- a pretty, you know, a- economically, I've been pretty conservative and a bit more socially liberal. But it's coming to the point that to align with the Democrat a socialist party is essentially to hate America and betray your country. So I think people are being forced to pick a side and it's hard to be neutral or middle of the road anymore. Just to wrap up this episode with a little bit of something positive, I wanted to talk about something I've been thinking about, uh, you know, over the last few weeks and trying to be really intentional about in my life. So it stems from a sermon that was preached at the church I attend. It's LifePoint Church here in Culpeper, Virginia. And the sermon was presented by our lead pastor uh, or our senior pastor, Pastor Daniel Floyd. Uh, So in the sermon, he talked about labels. And it's this whole idea that we place negative labels on our lives or allow other people to place negative labels on our lives. And then we live out of those labels and then our lives go into a downward spiral and we feel trapped and, and we feel depressed and incapable and we believe these things uh, about ourselves. And the reality is not every label that is put on you is truth. So as a Christian, God's word has declared that I'm loved, I'm accepted, I mean, I mean, uh, forgiven. The Bible says I'm more than a conqueror. And when I choose to believe these labels, I really think that it uh, drastically changes my outlook on life and the results of my life. But even apart from like the Christian viewpoint, I just think the concept is true because I can choose to put a label of power, trust. I mean, think about like capability or maybe you, you tell someone you believe in them and it and, and they begin living out of that label and their lives become more productive and better. So we get to choose what labels we live our lives out of and which labels are true and produce good results. And we also get to choose what labels we, we put on others. So choose wisely. So uh, that's pretty much all the content I have uh, for this episode, but let me know topics you'd like to hear about in the future, and if you want to come on the show for an episode, I mean, please hit me up. Uh, You can contact me at heyitsamyo at gmail.com. That's H-E-Y-I-T-S-S-A-M-Y-O at gmail.com. Have have an exciting, fun-filled, productive week. Choose a positive label. Try living out of it. Maybe take a moment to put an encouraging label on someone else in your life. Thank you for listening to Scope Podcast.